Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jesus Sampler. If this is your first time listening, I'm Peyton. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to chat about the topic of salvation and breaking news. It's totally free. Some questions that go along with this include, do I have to work for my salvation? What does the Bible tell us about it? Or I made the decision to follow Jesus. Now what? How can I help lead others to Christ? We're answering those questions and more in this episode. Whether you've never heard about Christ, just started following Jesus, or are a seasoned Christian, this is the podcast for you. Let's get into it. Every time I do that, I think of that one iconic Matthew McConaughey line. If by some long shot miracle, Mr. McConaughey, if you're listening, hey, how's it going? I'll take a Coke. Um, wait, make that a diet. If you caught that movie reference, by the way, you're awesome. Anyway, you know how we kick things off here on the podcast. It's testimony time. This one started with me asking God a question. Why do you tolerate me? And yes, you can ask him questions. Treat prayer like a conversation with Jesus because that's what he desires, just to hear from you. And I felt God leading me to Psalm 25 shortly after. And if there was one word that could describe this chapter, it would be sweet. Basically, it talks about how God has a pardoning compassion. God can look back over our past that is tainted with sin and wipe it away completely. But there are three things that remain the same with Jesus. His compassion, solemnly committed love, and His goodness. Jesus takes the time to teach and direct us down the right paths that lead to Him. So in looking at that chapter, I got my answer. He goes far beyond tolerating us, but accepts us into His family. We see it on the scene, on the cross, when He suffered for the sake of our salvation. We see it when the thief asked Jesus to remember Him in paradise, and Jesus granted that. By looking at the overall characteristics of God, we can see that He truly cares for us. He wants to give us the good things in life, not earthly things that will pass away, but the good things in the spiritual sense that will last forever. These include joy, peace, freedom, love, salvation, and eternal life in heaven, just to name a few. And what an amazing thing that is. Jesus doesn't want us for the sake of being His servants, but to be His family, to love, comfort, and help us. God is such a good Father. Now let's dive into the Bible. This brings us to the verse spotlight found in 1 Peter 3.18. Our guest for today is, you know him, you love him, well, maybe. Depends on where we find him in the Bible. The Apostle Peter. Quick catch up of who this guy is. He went from being a regular fisherman to being called by Jesus himself at the Sea of Galilee to be a part of the iconic 12 crew, aka the 12 disciples. And then ironically, he becomes a fisher of men. (laughs) To say he was brave would be an understatement. He was the guy who walked on the water with Jesus, cut a soldier's ear off, and followed Jesus afar off on his way to the cross, and was the first apostle to see the empty tomb. We are told that this guy was a part of Jesus' inner circle when he raised Jairus' daughter, a little girl that was raised from the dead upon her father tracking Jesus down and asking him to come back to his house to heal her. And in this book, we learn that Peter is actually called the Apostle of Hope. And to top it all off, this guy was being hunted down by the Emperor Nero, who was firmly against Christianity. And yet, 
he was writing letters that painted a picture of who Jesus is. So in this scripture, Peter writes, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Man, oh man, is the New Testament full of letters. I mean, totally get it. They didn't have phones and social media to spread the word. I would be writing like crazy too if I actually walked and saw Jesus, this man who can perform miracles, do the impossible, and rise from the dead, no doubt about it. By looking at this verse though, we can see a comparison. Once you make that decision to follow Jesus, you too are made alive by the Spirit. Yes, you were alive before, but this is a new feeling. Think of flying on an airplane and that moment after the takeoff and the turbulence where you ascend high into the sky and you finally break through the gray clouds and above them, it's just blue skies. Accepting Jesus kind of feels like that. The light is turned on and the darkness disappears. You're made new in a living hope, meaning Jesus is placed within you. And Peter gives both new and seasoned believers a command too, because let's be real, that guy loved to lead. He directs us to always be ready to give an account for the hope we have in us. And the best defense that we can have as followers of Christ is the way we live. Be eager to do good, read your Bible daily, and living clean, aka giving no foothold to the devil. Serving God doesn't mean he asks you to get him a Coke and you run and go get it. No, serving God means to serve him with your whole life, with your actions, words, and attitude. That's what's going to win people to Christ. And on the topic of living clean, you might be like, Peyton, what are you talking about? Live clean? Well, do you remember those bracelets everyone had that said WWJD or what would Jesus do? Seriously, those are one of the best ways to start the convo about Jesus. Plus, they're super cute. Elevated faith, if you're listening. Y'all are spreading the word of Jesus and have cute clothes. Seriously, go check out their Instagram or their website. But I encourage you to ask that question in every circumstance. What would Jesus do when you get cut off in traffic? You're running late to work. You're stressed about school. Your heart is broken. Or you're tempted to listen to that trending song even though you struggle with cussing. Trust me, I've been there. What would Jesus do? How would he act? What would he say? Imagine Jesus is standing next to you every day. We are called to be set apart as followers of Christ, not to be just like the world. This gift of salvation also brings a change to lifestyle. I heard a mini interview once and it was talking about salvation and how it doesn't mean I believe in Jesus but go out and live the rest of my life however I want. Because, honestly, some hard truth, when we live like that, it's almost like saying the cross wasn't enough, and each time we go back into sin, we are crucifying Jesus all over again. The truth is, salvation is realizing that Jesus gave you an option to no longer live a life of sin, but to be completely and totally free and to share the gospel. Jesus told his followers to go spread the good news. Why is the news good? Because Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave for your sake, not his own. Be living proof of a loving God. But living clean shouldn't be something we view as a chore or a burden, but it should be something we are eager to do in order to show people who Jesus is. It won't be easy all the time, but buddy, it's worth it. Now, you may be asking, do I have to work for this gift of salvation? Nope, it's a freebie. It doesn't have a trial period that ends and there's no payments to be made. The debt is already paid with Jesus. 
I believe that from the moment you let Christ into your life, He's already planned what you're going to do, the calling you have, already seen the lives you're going to touch, and how your walk with Him will look from start to finish. So don't stress, friend. The book of Philippians specifically tells us to be anxious for nothing. Trade that anxiety for God's peace which surpasses all understanding. No plan from the devil can destroy God's plans for you. No plan or purpose that is rooted in Christ can be threatened. It's as simple as that. Need some Bible backup? Head over to Isaiah 54:17. That tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Boom. Mic drop moment. So Satan may form many weapons, but not one of them will succeed. Jesus has a plan and it's the best one with no losses and no setbacks. And I want you to remember something. Jesus only wants good things for us. Now, this doesn't mean we won't face pain because sometimes the biggest hurts in life often lead to the biggest blessings and greatest testimonies. And Jesus wasn't pain-free during his time on earth, and we won't be either, but you're going to face pain whether you follow Christ or not. The devil doesn't let up just because you don't follow God. In fact, I think he works overtime because he knows that Jesus is pursuing us and has ways of getting our attention no matter what scheme Satan tries to pull. But if you follow Christ, he will never allow you to go through tough places without his help. He's right there with you, arm wrapped around your shoulders, taking each step in sync with you. And this scripture has some encouragement all over it for real. I mean, look at Peter's transformation, going from a regular fisherman to the rock that Jesus would build his church on. And just like Peter had a transformation, we are changed the moment we accept Jesus. I mean, look at him, for example. He had his ups and downs, even denied Jesus three times, despite boasting earlier that he would never forsake Jesus, even if everyone else did. But Jesus didn't cast him away because he told Peter that the moment would happen, but you have the redeeming moment. And it happens on a beach in the 21st chapter of John. So, a rundown. Ironically, we're back to a similar scene after Jesus is resurrected. Peter is back to his same old job of being a fisherman, back to the start after his whole journey with Jesus, after he witnessed the miracles, healings, deliverances, and Jesus being crucified. We're back to where it all began. And here comes this man, walking along the shore and sees Peter and his friends fishing and asks if they have any fish to eat along with their bread. They called back no and the man said, cast your net to the right side and you'll find some. So they did, as he said, and their nets couldn't hold the amount of fish that were being caught. And as they're hauling this big catch into the boat, one disciple, we're told it was the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord, it's Jesus. And I can picture this moment right here. Peter freezes. The memories of journeying with Jesus came flooding back, along with the guilt of denying him three times, just as Jesus predicted would happen. He looks up slowly, tears probably filling his eyes, and catches the gaze of the Son of God. And that's all it took. He threw on a shirt and dove into the sea. Now, they weren't far from shore, only maybe a hundred yards away. But the moment Peter heard that it was Jesus, that he had come by, searched until he found them again, his heart soared. 
This was his moment, his chance to talk to Jesus again, to tell him that he was sorry. Because I can only imagine how he felt during that time with the guilt of denying Jesus in front of so many. So Peter swims to Jesus, finally making it to the sand, probably soaking wet, his eyes burning from both the salt water and tears. And Jesus is right there, feet away. And Jesus didn't say, leave me alone. I'm upset with you. You've gone too far. Or I'm so disappointed in you, Peter. Didn't even say, and I told you so. No, he invited Peter and the disciples to have breakfast with him. And the meal was already being prepared. There was a fire and fish cooking on top of it. Jesus offered them bread and fish to eat. And as they sat around the flames, Jesus' eyes went to Peter. And I have a feeling Peter maybe had a hard time looking at him due to the shame he was feeling. The thought of, I've done too much, gone too far. He was preparing for Jesus, the King of Heaven, the man who he knew was the Son of God, to say, you don't belong here anymore. But that's not what happened. Instead, Jesus asked a simple question. Simon Peter, do you love me? And Peter probably took a deep breath, holding back tears because he was a tough guy, (laughs) puffed out his chest and said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus responded, feed my sheep. And want to know something interesting? This same exchange happened three times. Yep, the same amount of times Peter had denied Jesus. And I feel like each time that question was asked, a little more of that shame left and love took its place. The bottom line is this. The plan for salvation is already laid out for us. There's no catch or 10-step program to get to Jesus. You haven't gone too far or sinned too, too much to be counted out of this great gift. Jesus is saying, come out of your boat of sin, shame, and despair. Run toward me just like Peter did. Let me make you new. Let's wipe it all away together because I love you. So if you're feeling like Peter right now, maybe discouraged or feel like you can't accept Jesus because of the past, God has that same love for you that he had for Peter because we are told he never changes. Not to mention, this scripture also puts an end to that little lie the enemy loves to play up. Jesus isn't real. All you gotta do is whack the devil in the face with the Bible. Pull out the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that talk about the life of Jesus. And if you're a seasoned believer, don't listen to the enemy and his big talk on comparison either. Hit the mute button. Because let me tell you something, comparison is a thief. It will steal your joy, peace, time with God, and community with other believers. So think of this concept like a human body. There are various parts, but they all work together for one common goal, to keep us alive. And each believer is a part of the body of Christ supplying different things to different people at different times. Because think about it, if we were all the same, there would be no growth. And I love to see people grow in God. By accepting Christ if you're new to the faith or by continuing to walk with Him, we are keeping Jesus alive in our world today. And the amazing thing is, there's always something new to learn about Christ. The final verse of the book of John tells us that there are many other things that Jesus did, and if they were all recorded one by one in detail, the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. That brings me to this question. If we get serious with Jesus, follow his commandments, be a light in the world, read the Bible as much as possible, and do what we can to live clean, what will he reveal to us? Now, to end out the episode on a fun note, 
I was having a girls' night in by myself, watching The Hunger Games, aka my comfort movie series. I have my popcorn and pickles, and just a little side note, if you haven't tried that combo, please do, it's awesome. But as I watched each movie, I began to see how Katniss, the main character, had this great purpose. She was a bad mamma jamma too. I mean, she comes from the outlying district, so she's kind of viewed as the underdog at first, but proved everyone wrong by fighting in two arenas and coming out on top in both, was super skilled with archery, and has a feisty temper to top it off. But you start to see how, as she defies the capital or the government, the president gets pretty upset, devising a plan to end the uprisings that started because of her. She was deemed a threat. And newsflash, you're a threat to the enemy too. Once we accept Christ and begin to walk in our purpose, the enemy starts shaking. He's like, new fear unlocked when you accept Christ into your heart. It's a wrap for Satan, even from the get-go. But I want to encourage you today. Make a statement that everything you do from the moment you accept Jesus will bring glory to God in some way. Tape it on your mirror, wall, in your car, heck, even to your ceiling at night so that's the last thing you see. What can this look like? Obey his commandments. Read the Bible as much as you can to learn more about Christ. Stand up for the truth no matter the cost. Be kind to others. Extend grace to people. And pray for those who hurt you. Jesus did. And he is the ultimate example, the blueprint that we are trying to follow. And we get the chance to show others that there is a better life outside of sin. That Jesus offers freedom, gives you a new name, and a calling to spread the good news about him. If I've learned one thing in the little time I've been following Jesus, it's that there's always someone watching your life. So show them who Jesus is, no matter what, because one day it will pay off. What's there to lose? You're already on the winning side. But overall, the bottom line is salvation is totally and completely free. There's never a bad time to receive Jesus. Don't get discouraged in your walk with God because at the end of the day, you know who Jesus is. And he has given you a gift of knowing him and by moving into your heart. That has got to be the greatest gift of all. And our purpose is to spread the good news of Jesus no matter where we are. People are people and everyone needs Jesus. Salvation is just the beginning of your journey with Christ. All right, you know the drill. Let's close this episode out with a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us another day to tell others about you. The gift of salvation couldn't have been possible without you. Thank you for an everlasting love and for staying with us no matter the circumstance. Amen. As always, please don't forget to rate the show, follow, and hit that bell for any new notifications. And if you know anyone who needs this today, please send it along to them. My goal is always to help people through Christ. I hope you guys got some encouragement from today's episode. And don't forget, let your life speak Jesus to others. Have a great week and I will see you in the next episode.